Stay tuned. Connect with Damien and Amanda is about to start. Join us as we cover inspiring topics on health, healing and transformation. We have both lived and breathed transformation in our own lives as practitioners and also the patient. So we'd love to inspire you so that you can empower yourself on your journey to health and happiness. The information shared on the show is general information and should not be used to diagnose or treat a health problem or disease and is not substitute for professional healthcare advice. Always check with your practitioner before you apply anything discussed on our show. So buckle up, strap yourself in and open up your third eye. Because we're here to help you to connect with Damien and Amanda. Hey, Amanda, how you doing today? Oh, I'm good, Damien. How are Excellent. you? Excellent. No, I'm fantastic. Lovely. <laughs> All right. So let's get into today's show. We're going to talk about building resilience. So when I think about the word resilience, I think of how you manage your challenges uh, with your body, your mind and your environment. So resilience is, is more than just managing your stress or your pain or recovering from you know loss or trauma. It's also about pursuing opportunities in the face of challenges, which I think right now at this very moment in time is really, really important. And relevant. So when I think of uh, someone who might be resilient, I often think of the words like robust. Mm -hmm. You know, I think of someone who doesn't rattle easy. Mm. Um, And I also think of like from a health point of view, that strong constitution and vitality. Yep, to keep going. Yeah. But something that's worth thinking about too is that I don't think – you know, you're not always just blessed with good genetics for resilience. Like I actually think that it's something we need to build from our experiences. Absolutely agree. Yeah. And I think this is something you're really passionate about. And, you know, you want to dive in to it a lot is. more today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I um, came up with the name of my business, Ben Like Bamboo, I think back then I had no idea what it mm, really meant. Mm. I just kind of went with my gut intuition and I I love the analogy of, yep. you know, bamboo bending. Yeah, yeah. And then it sort of progressed to flexibility. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Flexibility is really important. Yeah. Because when we're flexible, we're more malleable. Um, we can deal with change better. And more recently on my own journey of, um, you know, looking after my health, but mm. also getting through some pretty big stuff in my life. I'm 40 years old now. I go through stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, and at every decade I tend to go through a massive transformation. Yeah. And today we're going to talk about how every day we deal with change every yeah, yeah. day. But there's big change that comes periodically. Yeah, yeah. Can't say that word. Periodically. periodically. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so um, – when you learn to build your resilience as um, prevention almost and mm. you learn how to find it, – it, it's not a gift. It is definitely a learnt skill, like yep. a muscle that needs to be built. When those bigger storms come, you're going to be able to withstand mm. them. And, yeah. you know, and we're probably going through you know, a storm at the moment, one of the first totally. that we've probably seen for quite a significant period of time. And that storm and the chaos has to happen for the transformation mm. to occur. So it's also about seeing the storms yeah. as a gift yep. and a good thing, yeah. not as something to avoid, mm. which we're going to dive into Yeah, yeah, today. absolutely. You know, there's, you know, you spoke about your business name before, they're Ben Like Bamboo, and there's actually a lot even just in that business name. Like the very, you probably don't know this, the very first time we met and we were talking about, you know, you said to me, oh, I've got this, my company's Ben Like Bamboo, and you were talking about it all. It was really interesting because my ankylosing spondylitis, they call bamboo spine sometimes. Oh. So like this stiffness and this rigidity, and yeah. I'm thinking, yeah, I can't bend like bamboo. <laughs> yeah, <I can't. laughs> But that rigidity, like it's funny, or just, just that name of your business and how it related to my stuff, even though that was 
what, 10 years ago or something, ages yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah. I think it was Which like it's interesting. Eight. But, you know, the philosophy of your yeah. business name is actually quite... And it's evolved. Yeah, it's evolved it's cool. as I've gone on my journey and, and just it's meant different things to me at different times. And, mm. and definitely now with, um, you know, the metaphor of flexibility has led into... Um, resilience mm, mm. Um, and so not only do I help my clients with this so that they can step into wellness but also as a coach I, I help people to transform their lives professionally and personally by by um, discovering and remembering that resilience within them mm. um, and so and then that's led to the corporate stuff I do now my speaking which is like really become resilience workshops whereas I had no idea 10 years ago that that's what I would end up yeah, doing yeah. well it, it started getting some like I know having kids in school and even worked in schools um, a long time ago that resilience has been that sort of buzzword that's built, built that momentum probably you know over a couple of decades now you know yeah. and I think within cultures of schools and businesses it's actually quite yeah. important now because like we we're saying before it actually makes the organization more robust yeah which is really important we're going inward for mm. um even as businesses, we're looking um, to find that support within, to, together, collectively, working together better as tribes. It's so popular mm. to, to get a contractor in to come and make sure that the culture's right and that we're all communicating together in the different teams and aspects of businesses. Mm. And so, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Resilience is being more recognised and more awareness of, um, you know, that inward work that we need as individuals but also as corporations. Yeah. And so let's talk about what resilience is. Mm. I believe that resilience is the ability to dig down deep when things get tough, when life throws change. You know those times where you want to give in, even when the odds might be st stacked against you. It's our ability to adapt. It is when pain strengthens you mm. rather than mm. weakens you. It's the ability to face adversity head on and to push forward into uncharted territory. Mm, mm. So when things become unfamiliar and yep. having that courage and bravery to trust, I can do this, even if you don't have any map forward. Yeah, yeah. And the belief and the self-esteem required to do that is everything and it takes doing this on a smaller scale every single day yep. that is actually preparing you for those bigger storms it's the ability to manage stress uh, and therefore our health and how happy we are it's our ability to maintain balance despite chaos or change in our environment to find that inner anchor mm. and how we react um how we place dialogue on situations, how we, you know, get into the, stuck into the monkey mind, whether we can just observe a situation for what it is, yep. which allows for transformation. It's the ability to rebuild our lives and to become our fullest potential mm. and to discover the light that's always within all of us um, but that actually awakens only when your challenges force you to go within. And I think, yeah, everything you're sort of talking about there, it's it's more than just bouncing back from that adversity, mm. you know, right now with these challenges, pursuing those goals and dreams that we've got. And it's the discovery of who you are and what yeah. you're made of, which is always there. But um, we need those challenges yeah. to understand what we're capable of. You know, most of the times... We're good until we get challenged. Yeah. So, you know, we can have this illusion that we're in control of everything, know. you know, and it's quite often when we get blindsided, something comes from out of left field that's like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. 
but the best things in life always come yeah. out of left field and and when um something you really really want if you let go of how it's supposed to arrive into your life if you can see you know how we see um excitement and anxiety sometimes the same feeling if you yep. can see setbacks or change or the unfamiliar as either it's going to be something yeah it could be something really difficult yeah but that's always going to lead to the, the polarity of that. The joy will inevitably come afterwards because that's the law of the universe. Yeah, yeah. Which is exciting to know. Whenever life gets really hard, like it yep. has recently for many of us, and I can definitely vouch for that, yep. it's been really hard recently. I'm actually really privately excited about the joy that's about to come because I know how profound it is. Yeah. When I got home from hospital and I was, you know, learning how to walk again – and it was just such a horrible, dark, dark night of the soul time, months and months and months of full on. But then afterwards, years afterwards, the joy yeah. was just profound. Yeah, so absolutely. I'm excited for us all. <laughs> think with um, resilience too, I want people to think about it as it's not set in stone. So like I was saying before, we can think we've got the best plans and we're in control and, you know, everything's going well. But sometimes we do get thrown those things from left field and it's when we get challenged and have to adapt and change that's when our resilience really comes in you know like that old saying of you know seeing what you're actually made of yeah so it's yeah. like it's this it's when there's stress when there's hardship that's when we need that toolkit that yeah. we can adapt and use to help us build that resilience there are absolutely things that you can do every day to help you and that's what we're going to talk about today yeah um and it's not just about how you deal with resilience it's it is all about that you proving to yourself mm. what you can do yeah and we spoke about that in the last podcast yeah. too we're talking about going into the the deeper water or into the depths and developing the courage and the wisdom to yes. bring all that back so it very much flows in from that last podcast yeah what yeah. we're doing today so you wanted to talk a bit about the things that challenge our resilience didn't you and what's probably the number one thing that challenges our resilience change yeah unfamiliarity the lack of belief in ourselves mm -hmm. poor self-esteem yeah in a dialogue and that narrative that we learned growing up that we haven't transformed and changed yeah yeah, yeah. um well if we're going to talk about resilience we need to understand what causes us yeah, stress it's the stress isn't it? it's that change that causes the stress in the body oh that's where you were going yeah that's where <laughs> i was going so that's all right go for it um so stress is our response to a perceived threat real or imaginary to our security or bodily equilibrium in response to a stressful stimulus the body first goes into like an alarmed reaction mm, mm. and then secondly a stage of resistance and if the stimulus continues it may result in a third stage of exhaustion where we just feel completely yeah. depleted our immune we run system. out of reserves yeah. yeah it's like you you know we have to go up a gear to deal with the situation or the stress now that takes energy it requires energy and we can and we can only hold that situation for so long so mm. it's called what like a, a compensated homeostasis so we're using all this energy to get through what we need to but eventually that sort of well, crashes or you run out of energy and, yeah, you get followed by that dip, what you are saying before. Well, even in all the courses I've learnt with you, advanced kinesiology, there, there are different hormones that come into play when yeah. we're working on the different glands, yep. when, whether we're dealing with long-term stress yep. or that alarmed initial stage of stress. Yeah, so we get like the adrenaline that gets released straight away. Yep. You know, and adrenaline's sort of good in some ways because it gets you up and moving and like, you oh, know, to Oh, it's important to, to, to get away. us out of dan danger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's, it's really important. And, you know, and adrenaline... Adrenaline's, you know, it's needed for a lot of things, but you don't want that to be your primary fuel mixture that no. you run on. And then obviously, you know, as the 
the long-term stress kicks in, we start to release cortisol, which comes from a, a different part of the adrenal glands, which yeah. produce these two stresses. And then there's long-term stress, which really affects our vitality. And there's mm. other hormones that really come into play there too, aren't yeah. there? Yeah. So when we, when we sort of get into more the long-term stress, we get into what they call like a catabolic phase and that's more like a breakdown, breakdown phase which you know you always talk about having growth mindsets and repair i mean they're the states that we ideally want to be in you don't want to be in a catabolic breaking down just hanging on phase like that's not the way to live and how we perceive stress is the very key component as to whether what we ch what we choose there as to whether we yeah. get over something yep. relatively quickly and we yeah, stay yeah. in that alarmed stage yeah. yep or we let it progress and, and we're going to talk about that today yeah. is what happens when we just let that go on and on into a more serious state. Yeah, because it's quite interesting because you've got, you've got two branches of your nervous system, the, the parasympathetic and the sympathetic. Now, one's like an on and one's like an off almost. Yeah. So yeah. that's probably just a quick, easy way to describe it. Now, the sympathetic nervous system is really interesting because that's the on part. That's the adrenaline that gets released. So the brain sends a message down to the adrenal glands, hey, produce adrenaline. And go. there's this, yeah. yeah, go. Yeah, there's that sympathetic response. But what's really interesting is the sympathetic response actually brings with it like energy and passion. Mm. So it can be like, oh, yeah, right, let's go, let's go. You know, it doesn't always have to be run away from the tiger. True. But you've got to have that sympathetic energy and passion with positive emotions. That's, right. that's the key. Because like when you've got the love and the happiness and the joy going with this energy and passion. I love that. So that's very different to fear and anxiety. So sympathetic nervous system activation can be great when it's like you're, you know, you don't want to be rowing the boat harder in the wrong direction. Like yeah. if you're going in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. You get this drive of energy and passion. I love that. And that creates those flow states and euphoria in your brain. So when we get into that fuel mixture, that's amazing. That's when, yeah. you know, that's when a writer's just cranking out 50,000 pages on a book or, yeah. you know, a big wave surfer's dropping into the wave and just knows where everything yeah. is. You've that's got where that. the flow state. Yeah. Because our mind and our thinking, um, that's where it can be applied positively. Yep. And productively. Yeah, absolutely, because the, the energy and passion is like a tidal wave of just yep. let's go, baby. And that's how we should apply our thoughts and dialogue, exactly mm. like that. Yep. Um, and then, you know, when, and then the negative is, is polar opposite to that where we really – <laughs> just dropped my pen. <laughs> um, yeah, and that you don't want arousal and a danger zone. That's that's yes, yeah, yeah. and and just really learning that about yourself and and knowing how that feels differently in your yeah. body is really important. Where you can catch yourself in those moments and going, oh, okay, no, yep. that adrenaline's now actually applied to negative thinking. Yeah, and you can pull yourself out of that. Yep, and that biochemical formula is, you know, when you talk about all of this growth mindset stuff that you're so good at, you know, articulating to people, you know, when we have that energy and passion with that growth mindset, that's when we're happier, we're more resilient, mm. we're more productive, we're more successful. We have more Life's courage. in flow, yeah. Yeah, Life we can just, overcome You've got fears. momentum in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. God, and it feels amazing. It yeah. feels amazing. Yep. Um, so back to the alarm reaction, it mm. occurs via the pathway of the, you know, cerebral cortex, the hypothalamus, the lower brain. And as you explained us before, you know, that then affects our adrenal glands and flows th throughout our bloodstream where cortisol and adrenaline will fire. Yep. But we get addicted to being busy and it feels familiar to function from this alarm state 
our least creative state. Mm, yeah, and that's the like you were saying before about you get this arousal. Yeah, but it's like you haven't got the positive aspects of it. Yeah, it's, yeah it's and as we all went into lockdown, we all had to deal with that addiction to being busy. Yeah, because you've got all this adrenaline in yeah. your bloodstream. Plus, we're frightened of what's going on. Yeah, and so I think we either you know really picked one of two directions. Some of us just stayed really busy and yep. didn't want to deal with the difficult emotions, or some of us surrendered. And took the opportunity to explore quiet time mm. and, and created a whole new version of ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not so easy to do, by the way. <laughs> no, because like you said, when that adrenaline can take a little while to calm down. And that's yeah. like when you think about, um, I've read studies about when people get uh, like an avalanche and they get snowed into their cabins. Yeah. What they tell them to do is to pace around the cabin or to drop and do 50 push-ups to actually yeah. try and push the adrenaline out of the bloodstream. Oh, that's, that's good So idea. if you think about like your adrenaline junkie on the stock market or, you know, I'm just thinking yeah. Wolf of Wall Street or yeah. something like that, yeah. they've still got to be able to get all that energy out yeah, and all yeah. of a sudden you go into isolation. Yeah, You've yeah. got to do something with all this energy and yeah. that's why you go stir crazy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's a really good analogy. And also when we're stressed, we focus on what we don't want Mm. um, and this affects what we attract, the decisions that we make, how we show up in our lives and the lenses that we see the world through. Yeah, absolutely. We play small and an inner resistance starts to brew within us when you know deep down you are not living your fullest potential but you cannot find a way to express it. That's what I call the inner conflict. Uh, it also affects our digestion. Um, sometimes we so – so this is how some of my clients present to poor digestion, pain in the body, anxiety, or we can be more prone to injury and disease because the body is still believing that it needs to protect us and um, other body functions take a back seat as a priority. Yeah. I mean I, I call that wired for worst-case scenario. So yeah. the, the physiology from the brain down to that sort of – those adrenals – you know, we we're talking before about, you know, you can have that energy and arousal of that that nervous system combined with elevated emotions and positivity and flow and creativity and, yeah. and you know, um, productivity. That's great. That's what we want. But when yeah. you're talking about there, we get more, the brain starts to wire itself for worst yeah. case scenario, danger, you know, avoidance, you know, like you say, you say play small, you know, yeah. all of those sort of things start to kick in. Yeah. And that's yeah. why our state is so important and that allows us to choose whether we are going to assume worst case scenario or whether we're going to assume the best yeah because it's much easier to assume the worst it's your brain's actually wired to believe that's the safest way so it takes conscious effort bringing yourself back into the present moment our most creative state all these other tools that we're going to talk about yeah that um sooner or later you, you will just you will notice you'll catch yourself in those moments where you'll have a choice, am I going to go this way or am I going to go that way? And the more you go that way, choosing the positive, it, yep. it's like a resilience muscle that you're building. Yeah, and that's that's key. Like you said, you want to come from that position of neutral. Like you don't want to think everything's rainbows and unicorns. Exactly. Like you, it's, and that's why things like, you know, yoga are great, um, just time in nature, you know, um, meditation, all of those things are great mm. because they bring us back to neutral, like to that's an even true. playing field. So you've got mindfulness to choose, oh, yeah, I'll go down this path yep. or I'll go down this and path. And you're back in balance. Yeah, yeah, so that balance is really, really important. And the body's always trying to find that balance. Yep. So as we said at the start, there's always change in our lives every day, but sometimes life brings 
a big change like the ending mm. of a relationship, an illness, a pandemic. Yep. But the more we have built our resilience muscle, the better our ability will be to withstand the storm, to manage the stress and therefore optimise our recovery and yep. how we come out of that. So I really set a view um, change, chaos and setbacks differently now that I'm mm. older. I used to avoid them like all hell when I was younger. I just mm. didn't want to – because I didn't know how to control my emotions. I didn't know how to sit with difficult emotions um, and I didn't really have that inner anchor within myself that allowed me to withstand storms. Whereas now, after life experiences have shown me that we might think something's a setback but maybe it's life sort of – sort of saying come on come mm. this way and mm. you have to walk a different path it feels unfamiliar yep. it feels scary so you go oh that's a setback but is it yeah and really yeah. question that like yeah. maybe this is a guidance like if you really had that inner self-guidance and connection within yourself you might perceive it differently and um and and in anything that happens in our lives there are different ways we can perceive it from the lower perspective more of a neutral perspective and also from above the mountaintop. Yeah. That higher view. And so when we're stressed um, and we're perceiving from the lower view, we might respond, you know, why is this happening to me? And we become very reactive. Yep. All you can see is what's in front of you and you don't really understand all the reasons that, you know, other reasons why this might – there's no higher understanding. Yeah, yeah. There's no peace about it. But when we've built up our resilience and you can, you can connect the dots – you can see from an elevated view and a higher understanding of why maybe a setback or a change in your life is actually happening for your growth. Mm. And the in-between in stage, which might um, – is where, you know, you can see that high view but you're still stuck in wanting to stay on the ground floor because you're just still the transforming. Familiar, yeah, it's comfortable there. Yeah. yeah. So it's, but it's, I think um, what you're talking about there is really important too because – you spoke about in your younger years, what did you say about needing you'd like to be a bit more organised and structured or you didn't really want to venture outside? Is that what you're saying? I was scared to get out yeah. of my comfort zone. Yeah, and that's actually the perfect time to be doing these things. Like mm. it's really, really important if you look at a lot of the psychological literature as well that taking risks in your younger years is really, really important. I totally agree. And it's something that I encourage, you know, with all of my kids and it's something that I did like – You've got to push the boundaries. I mean, I was a kid that was always pushing the boundaries. I mean, even in my career now, I'm always pushing the boundaries. I'm always doing things that are probably different or going down different avenues that other people might. So you've got to be pushing the boundaries because that's where you find what you're actually capable of. Yeah. And you're going to mess up. Yeah. And you're you have to make learn that that's okay. Yeah. And that is okay. But I want my kids, you know, within reason of, you know, like societal, the right thing to do. I want my kids pushing the boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because that's where, you know, my son who's turning 15, is that's where he's going to solve great problems. Yeah, yeah. You know, if he can solve interesting problems for people, you know, he's very employable. Anything great that I've created in my life has been when I've gone out into uncharted territory, mm. feeling like a failure, having no idea what I'm doing, but you but you create, you pave a new path that no one else yeah, has yeah. paved. And that, that's so important. So it's great you encourage yeah, your kids yeah. and to think, do that. And think about yourself as well when you were younger. Like think about your you know, your alcohol use and or drug use or whatever mm. it might be. Like we push the boundaries with those things when you're younger to see what you're That's capable true. of. And you wake up the next day and go, geez, I don't think I should do yeah. that again. <laughs> like you'll push yourself to the limits. But you actually need to do that to know what you're actually capable of. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying everyone totally should go agree. out and do that. But no. naturally we'll push the boundaries with a lot of those things. And 
One of the interesting things now is that I know for guys that as we get older, just naturally, so I'm 42, I think, I'm pretty sure I'm 42, <laughs> um, our testosterone starts to drop. Yeah, yeah. So naturally you get past, you know, 40, testosterone will naturally start to drop. That's just a natural phenomenon. But what comes with that is um, a decrease in motivation and drive because it's yeah. our, you know, it's our anabolic hormone that gets us going. So a lot of your motivation and drive can start to drop off as well. And it's interesting because with men in particular, testosterone and dopamine have quite a, a good connection to each other. So nice high um, testosterone and nice high dopamine and you've got a lot of natural drive just to climb the ladder and do what you want to do in life. Yeah, yeah. So this is where it becomes really important to be established in your career, settled in your home life. You know, this is really helpful for a guy around these times because you get these drop-off in, you know, It's more testosterone. exhausting, Yeah. yeah. Um, and the reward and pleasure probably starts to drop off if you're not quite established where you are and then we get bang, we get a midlife crisis. Yeah, there you go. So you can even see biochemically with our resilience, you know, through different life changes as well. That's true. That and then start why to change. that might happen. Because yeah. we all achieve things at different brackets of our lives and that that's fine too. That doesn't matter. It doesn't mean you need to have everything sorted by the time you're 32. No, no, not no at all. No way. You can recreate yourself all the time. but And you should. But statistically, you know, you see a lot of, uh, let's call it psychological distress around yeah. that particular life change. You know, that's yeah, when natural. the dude might go out and he buys himself the sports car or, mm. you know, whatever it might be. You know, people often they have affairs or whatever it might be because yeah. they're looking for that reward and pleasure and they'll take bigger risks due to the, a lot of the times the drop off of those hormones and neurotransmitters. That's so interesting. So like I said, being established in your career and, you know, in your home life can, you know, you're quite content there, which is quite interesting. Well, I think all that happens when you finally um, feel content within yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. we all evolve at different stages. And so stress um, uh, really expresses itself. We spoke about the nervous system. Um, you introduced the parasympathetic and mm. the sympathetic nervous yep. system, which is that involuntary or um, nervous system um, and it has those unconscious pathways that controls the body's organs, uh, physiological functions such as heartbeat, blood flow and distribution, digestion and the body's chemistries. And then we have the voluntary network of nerves, which is under our conscious control and, and distributed primarily to voluntary muscles. And then we have the acupuncture system, which transmits bioenergy to all the body's structures and internal organs. And this third nervous system is least known in Western medicine, but long known and understood in Eastern philosophy. Yeah, and it's it's slowly starting to make its way through, you know, especially with things like pain and, and uh, musculoskeletal sort of conditions. It's starting to get a bit more understood. Known. Yeah, yeah. That makes total sense to me when I read that Um David Hawkins in his book Letting Go, he actually this is how he talks about it, and yeah. I, I just really resonated with it. So I wanted to bring that in today, and and also with the way that we work as kinesiologists, we view stress structurally, biochemically, emotionally, and energetically, yeah. or electromagnetically. And so, what are some examples of physical stress? I'm thinking injury, accident, fascia. Even things like uh, food intolerances. Yeah, I put that in biochemical. Uh, you know, viruses, bacteria, fungi, yeah. all those environmental sort of pathogens. Because your yeah. phys physical body is so important for resilience because it's the thing that's got to take the brunt of all the insults. I love <laughs> so that, that you thought of um, biochemical when I said structural because, you know, what I'm trying to make a point about is it's all connected. Yeah, yeah. So yep. your, you know, the... Um, how your body functions biochemically does relate to your muscles, your fascia and your body physically. Your organs, yeah. 
yeah. and your organs. Yeah. Your yeah. spleen's got to filter your blood through. You know, your lymphatic system. There's all these, you know, aspects of your immune system that are yep. all part of that Systems structural part of, of your body. body. Yeah. And then the emotions, anxiety, fear, anger, grief. These are all different um, examples of emotional stress. That's yep. very common. Worry is super common. Um, and then, um, yeah, biochemically, we spoke about that nutrition, hormones, medications, toxins, but energy stress. Mm. It's probably one thing that people don't understand as much unless you, you identify with how you feel after a kinesiology session yeah, yeah. is you just feel like your system's just been reorganised. If you imagine like your energy in your body, uh, all the meridians that run through are, are like veins and blood and then what you've done is you've found pockets of blocks mm. that have like you're releasing the blood clots but it's really chi blocks and yeah. energy blocks and then that all the energy that can now flow through in areas that were deficient and the over energized areas can now flush out and it feels different yeah and a lot of the um the ac acupuncture points that you were talking about and you know a lot of the popular ones that are commonly used are actually found at sites on the body where there's a high density of nerve endings as well. Yeah. So when you release an acupuncture point, you actually real physically feel it, like you just In said, because there's because there's actually an energetic charge there. So yeah. you know, I remember looking at someone who did their PhD on an acupuncture research, and I think they'd measured each acupoint along the body. And I think that they, they measured something like 3.3 volts and that's how they knew like a, a dummy point from a real point because they actually yeah. had like a voltage. Yeah. So your body's electro, it's got like electricity running through it all the time, like your brain, you know, yeah. you've got brain waves and you've got yeah. all this, you know, electricity running through your body totally. as well. And, and Bruce, energy, you yeah. can call it whatever you like. Energy. Well, Bruce Lipton explains, he describes each cell as a battery and mm. that we would have 1.4 volts of electricity in each cell. Ah, and we have yeah. trillions of cells. Yep. I think he said all up we have 700 trillion volts of electricity. And if we know how to use that energy and life force in our body and we know how to move it and control it, we can use that for healing. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's like, you know, you... Like you were saying before about, you know, releasing a lot of that tension and stress out of the acupoints. And then, you know, you, you do that at the physical level. You take that a step further in maybe something like Tai Chi or Qigong or advanced meditations, mm. you know, and, and you get to a point where I often say you don't know whether you're Arthur or Martha. Like your brain can definitely change its physiology where you actually don't know where you start or finish. And that's where you can feel like you're at one with the universe, like yeah. you're at one with the cosmos because you've actually just – your aura or your biofield has expanded mm. to this level, which, I mean, and that's, again, that's all that energy body that you were talking about as well. And you can do this. If you do regular, yep. Yep. you know, yoga, acupuncture, meditation, kinesiology, all these things are a natural phenomena that yeah. most people go through. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting when you look at a lot of the, because I've read a lot of the, you know, a lot of ancient texts in different philosophies, and it's not necessarily about, oh, visualise this colour or this thing. It's like if you do these things and you open up these channels, you will see these colours. Mm. So a lot of time with my clients I might just, you know, I might be working and say, oh, are you seeing any colours by any chance? And they'll tell me and it's usually the vibration of weather and they've got no idea what I'm even talking I've about. I've experienced that with you. But the harmony and the organisation of that energy body has that light spectrum. Yeah, yeah whenever I, I'm on the heart space it's always green mm. and it's yeah. amazing to see amazing green but your eyes are closed. Yeah, and you can just see washes of color coming yeah. over you. It's yeah, and profound. it's just and that's just naturally the bioresonance of your body, like the the energy. So cool. It's like you know we we're talking about before our last podcast about the the radio station that you tune into. So, like you have to build your resilience muscle you, you, when you build your 
energy and life force and chi, mm. meditating, as you just said, yoga, Pilates, you know, strength, um, you know, there's lots of different things, qigong, there's yep. different ways of working, but meditation is like the most profound way that you can work on your energy and life Definitely force. for me, for sure. Like I think, yeah. um, you know, breath work and meditation are two things that I, you know, you have a lot of control over that you can do every day. And obviously yeah. like body work, like we were talking about before is amazing. Like to yeah. have someone else, you know, that can probably observe different pockets of your body. Definitely. And yeah, I think that having someone else, like some, a crew on your side is really really important your health practitioner team is everything because yeah. i mean do need yeah help. but my my ultimate goal is it's it's really just to light myself up like a christmas tree so if i you know <laughs> when i go into yeah. meditation and breath work my ultimate goal is to create that expansion and really mm. just light myself up like a christmas tree and do you find if you do that regularly every day and then life throws big change at you what's different because you've done the work oh i think it's exactly what we're talking about you're, you're resilient you've you've got that like what I call that place of neutral where you can, you know, you've got a moment to stop. You've got a moment to think. Like you've got a toolkit where you can go, okay, do I do this or do I do that? Rather than being reactive. Yeah. Because we don't want that. We are talking before about the nervous system that you said before, like it's unconscious, it fires, it's there to protect you. So you don't want a hypervigilant, overreactive nervous system that just goes, we're under threat, we're under danger. And and that's what I think a lot of these – um, activities that we can do bring us back to more neutral. So you've actually got a moment to make a decision, which is really important because yep. you want your decisions to be your own. Absolutely. And what you think about and what you're believing is what you'll notice because of the reticular activation system of the brain. Yeah. Whatever we're focused on, its job as a filter is to bring more resources to us, to our attention, mm. so that we can make things happen for ourselves. So if we're in that worst case scenario um, thought form, yep and we haven't transformed that, we will notice heaps of things in our environment that make that true. But if we shift that thinking and go, no, you know what? I'm going to, every morning in my journal, I'm going to write an intention that I um, assume the best. Mm. Everything works out for me, right? You will notice in that same day, if you went repeated it, or even moving forward, doesn't matter, you would notice um, more opportunities that make that true. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's been shown time and time again in all the positive psychology research that your brain starts to look for the positives in the day. So we're saying like you you don't want to be wired for worst case scenario. It will (laughs) always try and make what you're believing true. And so how we think and feel is a mirror image of the biochemistry that will fire and how we think and feel and what we believe as well is also a mirror image of how we will perceive our environment and therefore the lenses we see the world through and how we're processing Mm. um, stress. So resilience, we spoke about what it was, but why is it important? So resilience is the ability to dig down deep when things get tough and when we want to get in and when life um, takes a turn and change in direction. when faced with change, we can typically escape or elevate. And I believe our reaction is dependent on how anchored we are within ourselves, how solid our foundation is, and how much we have prepared. So an example of escaping is, you know, when we 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 know what we want to do in, in our heads, we kind of know what, like there's our intellect and then there's that inner guidance and the inner conflict is, you know, where there's a conflict there. So our escape is when we betray our inner voice and we detach from that inner guidance, Mm. right? When we don't want to deal with what's going on, when we don't want to face a truth about a situation or ourselves, there's lots of different examples of escape. Mm. But when we elevate instead, we overcome our obstacles and fears 
and there's more lasting transformation. Yeah, and I think the the key to getting that that balance right that you were just talking about there is that when you talk about the intellect, the mind, you know, there's probably a, a closer relationship to the brain and the ego there. Mm. It wants a guaranteed outcome. Yeah. And then when you're talking about intuition and instinct and all of those things, they're not as, you know, concerned about, mm. yeah, what this guaranteed outcome is. It sort of goes, no, I can see it's going to play out this way and it'll but all be good. there's an inner knowing that it will yeah, all be good. Yeah, yeah. well, that's the, that's the key, isn't it? It's the inner knowing, whereas the mind, the intellect wants to know. Yeah. So that's one of the things with the brain. I think it's the brain's really good or the intellect's good at, working out how things are happening, so how mm. they're actually unfolding, so yeah. in the moment. But it's not amazing at working out how things are going to happen. True. So that's when we start making stuff up. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, and I'll say this and she'll say that and then we'll go in here and yeah. this will happen and that will happen and you start to fabricate this whole, you know, imaginary scenario and then like we said earlier, then you get blindsided. You go, hang on, but my brain hadn't even thought about any of that stuff. I think if you want to transform anything in your life, it, it is absolutely key to sort of surrender and assume that it could play differently because mm. we get so fixated on, no, but this happened last time so it's going to happen again and, you know, that's your way of protecting yourself. Yep. But, you know, within our interpersonal relationships, if you're trying to transform something with, you know, the person you love, for example, yep. we all make mistakes yeah. and we all need to be feel safe in our relationships to be able to do the wrong thing as, as long mm. as we own up to it and we're truly, you know, yeah, like yeah. work on ourselves. And But you have to then have faith in your partner's ability. You need to sort of let go and um, allow um, yourself to believe that it could be different moving forward. Yeah, the po- and I think that's what lots of great thinkers and, you know, innovators probably do. They've got this vision of what's possible, mm. yeah, rather mm. than this is what has to happen. And it's a lonely road, like elevating yeah. like that. You've, not everybody does it mm. and sometimes you find y- yourself the only one that's taking that higher pathway Yeah, and people can disconnect from you that you're used to hanging out with often and yeah. you change your vibration. Well, imagine being one of those amazing humans that, you know, has, you know, you're passionate about this thing and you've carved your path and you've dedicated all your life to that yeah. and it's not until 500 years later or something that they go, oh, man, that dude was right about all that stuff. So, <laughs> so many times that can happen. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's not until their legacy after they're actually yeah. gone that they go, oh, wow, you know. It's not acknowledged until later. But I guess when you reach that state of elevation, you're not in it for the acknowledgement anyway. No, and I always admire those people who have a passion and a drive and, that's what they're into. Like even if I don't agree with it, I always admire mm. their passion of, okay, right, that's, you know, if that's your cause and what you're happy to lay your life down for, that's that's quite amazing. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Um, and that could be years or lifetimes in the yeah. making. Yeah, So I wanted to share a formula for resilience mm. that I created. Yeah. Just to, you know, we've gone into the why. Let's, you know, we've spoken a little bit about the what and this is yep. sort of how to. Um, so... Uh, my formula for resilience is anchor minus letting go plus flexibility equals resilience. So let's start with our inner anchor. If you imagine the analogy of a tree or maybe even a bamboo, um, you know, a tree is anchored, it is flexible and it can bend in direct proportion to the wind without breaking. Well, a bamboo can, but of course a tree branch can break. <laughs> yeah. But it's about that flexibility because of the anchorage of the roots of the tree. It is our foundation and an end result of us diving deeper within ourselves that is built 
a rock solid foundation. And it is in these times of chaos where we're forced to go within mm. um, and to, to dive deeper within ourselves that creates this anchor. So you'll notice in your life once you um, decide to, you know, make this your intention and to do this work, life will just automatically bring in experiences for you to find that inner anchor and that will feel chaotic. But the point, what I want everybody to get out of today is can you transform your thinking about setbacks because you're inviting in the very experiences that are going to give that anchor to you. Mm. Our anchor is... Um, who you are, what you stand for, and knowing what you are made of. And once discovered, this realisation remains with you. You don't forget. Um, it is the ability, um, it has the ability and is the direct relationship with how happy and healthy we are and how we show up in the world. And we awaken to a sense of guidance that is accessed with this quiet mind and the ability to sit with ourselves and our thoughts. You have the ability to move through life and change, knowing what to walk away from when it is not right for you and knowing what opportunities to move towards that align with your growth. You are able to observe your reactions and link them to shadows within yourself that require light and healing. Mm, very cool. I, um, I've got a bit of an image and a vision in my head, but I think it'll actually go really well when you talk about the letting go. So the anchor minus the letting go. Keep going with that. Right, and right. yeah, tell me what you are. And I'm, yeah, I'll give you my little thoughts in a sec. Yeah, please. So um, I'd love that. So that that's how I see um, our anchor, what, what our inner mm. anchor represents and what it gives for us, um, gives to us. Minus mastering letting go that's why it's minus because it's all about letting go mm. becoming a master at letting go means letting go of the past redundant beliefs and stories that are not aligned with our highest good our fullest potential and what we are truly capable mm. of it's our ability to manage stress and is directly related to the amount of suppressed and repressed feelings that we have accumulated the more emotional pressure that is surrendered and let go of the less vulnerable we are to the stress response and stress-related illnesses. Mm. It is the ability to question our thoughts and stories and we can differentiate, oh, that's another word I can't say, <laughs> differentiate between a victim state of blame and the ability to acknowledge how our setbacks have actually served us, allowing us to grow and capture the lessons. Letting go allows us to let things come and go into our life naturally without grasping we can move forward into the unfamiliar we can experience life more um with more courage and this is very fulfilling and it is the ability to let go of judgment where we can be more the observer separating unnecessary dialogue to situations and finally mastering the art of letting go leads us to a path of receiving more mm. bringing in more joy into our love and love into our lives and basically anything that we wish to create because when you let go you create space and then more can come in and it feels familiar to think positively now and to feel joy in our daily life as often we get stuck in the habit of worrying and assuming worst case scenarios. Mm, it's interesting because I, I, one of the things I find really amusing about letting go is that we go through life and we create or we, we collect all these attachments, like yeah. we collect stuff as yeah. we go through life. And when we let go, we actually have to kill off part of ourselves. So yeah. like psychologically, that's like, you know, you and I have a conversation about something. You tell me something really new and amazing. I go, oh, wow, I never thought about it that way. And that old part of me has to die off to allow that new sort of path to come through. That's true. 
But what's really interesting is that with letting go, we actually have to admit to ourselves that we were wrong. Correct. Which is, and there's the ego and, you know, we're talking about the mind and the intellect that just, and it does not want to go, I messed that up or I stuffed that up or... So that's Pride. why letting go so hard is because it's it's you're actually yeah killing off a part of yourself and and having to admit that you were wrong until you become very good at elevating those mindsets such as mm. moving from pride and ego to courage yeah yeah and all more. the the elevated stuff yeah but what was really interesting um that was a bit of a sidetrack but when you're talking about the anchor and the letting go the the vision that I had was like you've got this tree you know, and and it's anchored into the earth. It's got really nice deep roots. It's got a really strong base, you know, and ideally it should, you know, move towards the light and, you know, grow up, grow vertical up towards the sky. Yeah, yeah. But what often happens is, you know, you see that tree that starts to grow out at right angles. True. So, you know, and it keeps going out at right angles, even though, you know, moving towards the light and that vertical position might be the ascension and, you know, the right way to go. Yeah, yeah. The stubbornness or the inability to let go and this tree will just, you know, it'll grow out to the side and you see its branches going everywhere. And, and it's very determined to yeah, go on that right keep, angle. Keep going on I'm going to go my way. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah, and like I was saying, it just reminded me of those trees that can still grow that way. Like, and they still survive, and they still thrive, and they might produce fruit and flowers. Which is and an all analogy sort of, of how we live our lives. Like, yeah, you still live, but you're they're still... just living on a slant. But you're not <laughs> getting the benefits of that elevated life. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then plus flexibility. So when you're really good at letting go, you can increase flexibility, which is the importance of resilience. Flexibility in our mindset impacts everything that matters. You'll hear me say this thousands of times in every podcast. Our body's ability to repair how happy and resilient we are and how connected we feel. Mm. When we are flexible, we can choose our thoughts. We can ask more questions and react more consciously. We no longer need to be right and we can see from many perspectives, which is very important in business and board meetings and, you know, trying to create diamonds out of pressure and you mm. know, amazing stuff and creativity. We can let go of inner resistance and accept what is rather than needing things to be different. And flexibility in our mindset allows us to change our minds about old stories and beliefs that are in conflict with what we are wanting because having a goal is not enough to make it happen. What we believe is what matters and you want that alignment there. But sometimes old stories we attach to and then that conflicts with what we want to bring into our lives and it's all about changing your mind and reimagining what's possible mm. for you. We need flexibility to do that. Flexibility in our body mirrors the flexibility of our mind and this can be optimised with a really great movement and stretch program. Flexibility in our soul feels expansive when we are aligned. It's when we're walking our talk, living a life of meaning, higher understanding and seeing our obstacles as opportunities. So you know when your soul stops growing. It, you, you can feel it stop because you're mm. not choosing the right things. You're not um, – you've stopped listening or you're too scared to get out of your comfort zone. And the soul, I believe, is here to expand and grow and you will know about it mm. if you've stunted that growth, maybe with physical ailments or – emotional ones our body is designed to get our attention it's actually amazing when the soul stops growing our bodies talk to us through ailments symptoms and disease and they can be a sign or an end result of us not listening to our inner guidance and intuition mm. no i think you uh you nailed all of that really really well so people are probably going all right cool i want to build some more resilience yeah. <laughs> i want more resilience in my life 
what's some of the ways that, you know, I've, I've got a few ideas of I think, you know, how I like to definitely you know, tell help us. People. So I think one of the things that I really like is that, uh, you know, when we have people that might come into us with fears or phobias or they're just stuck, you know, you're talking about that soul stuff where they just, they feel like it's not their first rodeo. They've just been through this, you know, a few times. And I think that one of the keys is, is that when you're trying to build this resilience is that you've got to do what they call voluntary exposure. So that's you choosing to overcome what it is you want to overcome. Mm -hmm. So, and that's very different because what we don't want to do is we don't want to be thrown in the deep end. We don't want just experiences that make us freeze and run away. Mm -hmm. So that's where it's got to be voluntary. That's really, really important because when it's voluntary, we explore. That's why when someone sends me a client and they've been sent there, it's never great. <laughs> I've been sent. <laughs> been, you just go to Amanda, she'll fix you. Yeah. And they're not, they haven't chosen or yep. decided they're ready, even if it's a subconscious choosing yeah. to actually use a, use a subconscious choosing. Yeah, yeah. And you're trying to show them the work and, you know, help them with it. And they're just not, they're not tuned into that radio station yet. They're not ready. Yeah, yeah. And that's really, really important. Very important. And yeah. you kind of don't really want to mess with that either. You need to wait for people to... Yeah. And, you know, we, we just yeah, we all evolve at different stages. So yeah. true. So when we go into that explore stage, that is where, you know, we're more curious and we're more likely to move forward and we're not yeah. necessarily going to have that wide for worst case scenario that we're talking about, which is really important because that's where we build the courage and the confidence and we start to understand what we're made of. So it's really important that we go through these challenges that we were talking about before and especially in your younger life because it shows you that we can be challenged by things and we can also prevail. So prevails the the operative word there because it shows you, oh, I'm actually quite good. Yeah, I can do this, and that's really, really, really important. Oh, it's so the it's, best feeling in the world. You know, you it's like that. with yeah, absolutely. So it's like with my, you know, I think about my kids when you know, or any kid really when they're learning to swim. Like you don't just throw the kid in the deep end. Um, you know, Don't and you? say go, <laughs> have a crack, go. For you. I actually have seen some of those uh, those immersion swimming things where they do drop the kids oh, under the water. That would be awful. <laughs> but you know, but let's just say a kid has a phobia of the water, which I think it's actually quite a normal thing for people to have a phobia of the Initially, water. Like, yeah. You think about a lot of people have fear of sharks and things like that because you don't know what's under yeah. the water. So water's actually quite a normal. And we were talking about that last week, anyway. Fear mm. and water and mm. all that thing. So, mm. you know, with a kid. You know, and think about this in your own life as well. If you're all right, you'd say to your to your kid, okay, or that if you're a swimming teacher, do you reckon you can just come and just sit by the pool? Do you reckon you could just come and sit by the pool? Do you reckon you could dangle your toes in the pool? You know, and that might even be it for that kid for that for that lesson. Then it says, oh, do you reckon you could stand up on the steps there? You know, and then next week, you know, and then it might be, oh, do you reckon you could come and stand in the shallow end here? So it's always got to be small incremental challenges that we can actually overcome yeah so and that's where i think a lot of people go wrong because they just i'm here i need to be here and then it's just all too much Mm, mm. so it's definitely got to be in those small incremental things and voluntary exposure is definitely the key to be able to build more resilience what about those people that you know they just get so scared that they just never want to yeah so it could be like, um, I don't know if you've got an example, like fear of snakes or something like that. Or even just fear of transforming stuff in their lives. Like I've, there are people that just stay so stuck mm. and they, yeah, or there's yeah. that big fear of like trauma of snakes and spiders. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but some of those things might even be um, 
Can you get them to write it down on paper what they'd like to change? And if they can't do that, can you verbalize what you'd like to change? You know, you've got yeah. to take it right back. Let's just small little thing. And then it's like, okay, yep. All right. It's like, like a snake. Like, can you look at a picture of a snake? You know, you might even yeah. just start there. Oh yeah, I can. That's okay. And you know, there's yeah. a long way between just looking at a picture of a snake to then, you know, going off and you know, handling them or being a snake charmer for a new career or whatever it might be. That's why building resilience is so important because yep. we do have those big things that throw us in our lives and that's cool. That's natural and normal. If something throws you, you don't sort of say to yourself, oh, I haven't been building my resilience muscle. Oh, I'm crap. You know, it's yeah. not about that. There, there are things that are genuinely supposed to throw you yep. and it's how you get yourself up that, you know, where you learn. Yep. But if you don't um, have it in your conscious awareness and you don't, show yourself what you're capable of sometimes the big a big blow can keep us so small for yep. the rest of yeah, our yeah. lives and that's yep. when i witness that and it's just so sad because you see such potential in this person mm. and the lack of belief in themselves is so profound yeah, yeah. And at the very front and there's nothing you can do to say to teach them or it's something they have to discover within themselves and it's on that lower scale of emotions where you almost give up yep yeah, yeah. So it's really important for our own growth and change that we are constantly voluntarily exposing ourselves yeah, yeah. to little challenges. Yeah, and evolving. Yeah, you don't want to stay stagnant. So, you know, we use the thing we've all gone through with swimming lessons as, you know, like a basic example. But, you know, you might want to be a singer now or you might want to be a public speaker. or And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be the next Beyonce and you're out there rocking 100,000. No. You know, you might love just to go to an open mic night or something and yeah. just, you know, give your gift that you haven't had a chance to do. Yeah. But they're all the things that you were talking before about the soul like there's lots of things that i think our soul would love to do and yeah. we just have to make that first little little step just to making them happen yeah because that's genuinely how we feel fulfilled yeah it is absolutely and fulfillment's huge like that's yeah. true resilience is that yeah. being happy and fulfilled under the worst possible circumstances exactly you know in the face of adversity and all the things happening if you can go you know what i'm actually going all right here still not shaken that's true resilience um, so what other tips do you have, Damien? I think um, one of the ones that I tend to do in clinic is that I tend to sort of just have this, these sort of three points, like it's I am, I can, and I have. And it's just a really quick three sort of point way to get yourself back and structured. So the I am is like thinking about your personal strengths and characteristics. Beautiful. So it's like, you know, I am courageous, I am smart, or, you know, whatever it might be. I am intelligent, I can... Um, I've gone to I can too quick, but it's like, yeah, you've, I am, you're thinking yeah. about all those um, virtues and characteristics that you've got that can tackle this challenge. Yep. And then you've got the I can, which is the skills and the know-how, yep. which most people do. Yep. Most people have the skills and the know-how to, to, to work through whatever challenge it is. Um, like we've mentioned before, quite often it's that emotional stress mm. that kicks in that becomes the blocking factor. Mm. But when most people write down their strengths and their characteristics and they write down their skills and their know-how, they often go, oh, yeah, I actually can do this. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, But they've been able to step back and just look at it. Um, and then the third one is the I have. And these are all the external resources available to you. Mm. So let's say you're a CEO or a boss or whatever, you've got a workforce available. You don't actually have to do it all yourself. No. You can delegate and move those things out. Or I've got, you know, an amazing family or I've got my parents or whatever it yeah. might be. Yeah. So for me, when I'm looking at someone gets that challenge and we need to build the resilience, we look at the I am, I can and the I have. That's beautiful. I love that. 
it's it's just a nice simple thing you can do there in yeah. the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Because we can um, – yeah, it's very important to acknowledge ourselves, then what tools we have around us and then the ability to let go allows us to – you know, so many of us find it hard asking for help or mm. bringing that support yeah, yeah. in. So when you can't do those three steps, you, what you want to do is you want to ask yourself, well, what's behind – the sabotage because we could give you thousands of tools but some and sometimes they will work yeah but then when they're not that's cool you just need to ask yourself okay there's something deeper that's not allowing me to just do what i know i could be doing right now to solve this problem but sometimes you know is that there's that inner child that wants to be protected or i don't know that's just a random example it's like oh what's behind you not doing it i always see it in clinic where i get the yeah buts i always know that you know when i'm so i know when it's time to um plant a new seed and you know try and develop some new traits with people or when it's time to still just try and chill their body you know, get them more relaxed, get them more neutral. Yeah. Um, because you'll offer, you know, some positive good advice, like you were just talking about, oh, yeah, but, and you'll get a big story of why they can't change or why they can't do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's where I'll go, okay, right, so we still need to do a bit more prep work here. Yeah, yeah. So we've still got to weed the garden before we plant in those And some new, of that stuff seeds. is dark and deep and you, and you haven't wanted to look at it for so long. And, and then when it emerges and you look at it, one day and you're just like, oh my God, now I fully get why I haven't moved forward. Now I fully understand it. And it was just, and it is often something we've suppressed and we haven't healed. Yeah. And that's where, you know, you talk about neuroplasticity and creating all these new pathways and changes. One, I think of one of my gifts is being able to create that or helping people create that window of opportunity. Yeah. So you can create that change. And there's a real art form in just creating that window of opportunity and then quite often they'll, you know, uh, it's like that story of Tiger Woods where um, his coach would give him all this amazing information, but Tiger, I think, would never really acknowledge the the information from the coach. He'd go away and work through it himself and then come back as it being his idea. I'm pretty sure, I mean, I probably paraphrased a lot of that, but yeah, where yeah. I was going with that is a lot of the time we need it to be, our ego needs it to be its own idea and, you know, we came up with it. So yeah. I think it's, there's a real art form in just creating that window of opportunity and then that person can go away, put all the pieces together mm. and come back and go, oh, I did this because that's huge as well yeah. because that's the courage. Oh, look what I did. That's the, the yeah. resilience. So it's really important. It's you never want to rob someone of the opportunity no. to create that change in their life. And that's why I just find the brain, the ego, the psyche, at all just so phenomenal like it's how it's, it all works yeah how how complex a human being is oh god yeah is quite amusing yeah mm. oh beautiful i love your tips so i created some tips as well um and um i thought i'd use the word bend so it's easy mm. to remember so b is for being with ourselves creating space in our daily life for quiet time personal space to constantly reflect regularly checking in with our higher self and guidance this deeper connection within ourselves allows us to fill our cups so we can connect more with our tribe around us and i use a morning and evening ritual of meditation and um Throughout the day, um, I will forget and I use a wristband as a prop to catch myself to reconnect back into the present moment, which is my most creative state. So being with ourselves and meditation is for B. 
And E is for exercise and moving our body. Movement is a great way to build strength and endurance. Stretches and exercises promote fitness and gut health, but movement is another way to elevate our mindset, Mm. boosting emotional resilience. And I custom stretches and exercises to maximise a positive mindset for each of my clients because we're all going through different things and trying to maximise different emotions. And N is for nourishing ourselves on a cellular level i usually say that too thousands of times but it's so important Um, every meal is an opportunity to nourish ourselves and promote repair food is fuel and information to our cells that require nutrients to perform and heal and d is for daily gratitude so that's where i bring my journaling in a way to process our day to empty our mind of yesterday's thoughts and old redundant ideas closing the tabs in our mind and it's an opportunity to set up our intention to focus on what we want so we can make our goals a reality and make things happen for ourselves Mm. so that's my tip in the bend um analogy have you got that as an infographic as part of all of your stuff i just created it last week it was just random yeah i reckon that'd be amazing as a visual yeah it'll be on my slide deck yeah Yeah, as a tool and catching our reactions is so important we're going to do another podcast called the pineapple effect one Mm. day but so we'll dive deeper there but for the purpose of what we're talking about now the inner dialogue of choosing you know to come out of worst case scenario into best you might want to change that um in a narrative if you feel i'm not safe you might transform that into I have everything that I need if you feel like you're believing I'm not heard you might transform that into I am heard and acknowledged I'm not worthy into I am enough I'm not liked into I am lovable I'm not enough I'm not good enough into I am magnificent or I am not successful to I have achieved so much Um, you know every thought uh, word that we speak, our vocabulary, another word I can't say very well, is really either empowering us or disempowering us. In any situation we're going through, you want to really ask that um, within yourself, like what can I choose now? What's going to empower me and what's going to disempower me? Mm. It's amazing how many of those things come up uh, like in workplace culture. Like even as you are ter- talking about those just before, I thought, oh, that's wow. Like a lot of that stuff are real blocking factors for people even at work. Yeah. Like all that stuff gets triggered at work. That's why resilience and, you know, happiness yeah, yeah. in the workplace is yep. an enormous thing. And um, and I learned that too. Like resilience I, I needed to overcome everything I had to deal with with MS and walking mm. again. But also I required um, the same resilience in a different way when I went and, um, you know, decided to play big in business. Yeah. And, God, the resilience required to perform and, you know, to, to be at my best and to connect teams and lead, mm. you know. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, it requires a lot of resilience within yourself and, and how you uh, connect with other people. It's mm. a huge topic. And the responsibility of taking on that as well. Massive. Something I've never been scared of. I don't know why. You know me. I'll dive in and I'll go, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, that's that's a good trait to have. I know sometimes. You need people like that in the world that can can take on the bigger projects. It's true. I don't know. Some things don't scare me and then there are things that scare me that I – that, that don't scare other people. So, and I think we've uh, we've probably wrapped up. I reckon just about everything we wanted to talk about with that one. I think so. I hope you guys enjoyed our resilience special. So, until next time, stay safe and may the force be with you. <laughs>